Christmas. It's our Christmas series. And uh, I've called this series a Christmas that's different. A Christmas that's different. You would have noticed if you've been in the shopping centers that Christmas is well upon us. And uh, you see the trees, the decorations, and all the Christmas carols that are around. And the world celebrates Christmas, and so does the church. But sometimes we forget that Christmas, that the Christmas that the world celebrates and the Christmas that we celebrate as the church are different. Well, they're meant to be different. Not saying that presents, trees, and carols are bad, but for us as Christians... Christmas must be seen in a different light. The truth is this, Christmas is our holiday. It's our anniversary. It's our celebration. The world will see it as a holiday, whereas for us Christians, we see it as a holy day. And without Jesus, there would be no Christmas for the rest of the world to celebrate. And I wonder how much of us, even as Christians who come to church, how much of the significance of Christmas has been uh, changed or manipulated or transfused by what the world uh, celebrates. I just wonder if we're celebrating the right things at Christmas. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at different elements of Christmas and the Christmas story. And we're going to look at some of the areas that are different from what we celebrate to what the, church, uh, what the world celebrates. And we're going to start today in the passage Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. If you have your Bibles, grab them at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. If you don't have your Bibles, you can read the screen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel? Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word 
to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. These are the words of our scriptures. Now, for most of us, we've got holidays coming up, forced leave or annual leave or whatever you want to call it. All the uni students are already on holidays. So what are you guys doing these holidays? Uh, For some of us, we're traveling. Some of us are working. Some of us are spending time with friends and family. Can I tell you what I'm doing these holidays? There's one thing that I'm doing these holidays that I'm not super excited for, but it's a very big necessity. I have three children, and my oldest son is 10 years old, and I feel like he's at an age now where he needs to come into the world. And so this summer, I am going to sit down with my 10-year-old son and explain to him where babies come from. I know. Thank you. Please pray for me. Uh, I don't know. I I never got the talk. I never got talk from my dad. He just kind of... I don't know, work it out kind of thing, right? But I, I don't want to be like my dad. And I want to make sure that he's, uh, my, my children are receiving, um, you know, the best love and care that they can get from, from their parents. So because my son is a son, as a father, that's my job. I'm just grateful that I don't have to explain it to my daughter. That's mum's job, you know. As adults... Everyone here's an adult. We can talk about adult things. We know where babies come from. We know how they're produced. As married couples, we get to engage in this kind of activity. And when the baby is born, what a glorious day that is. Alex is excited. He's clapping his hands. Maybe you need to have the talk, KJ. (laughs) We all know where babies come from. And yet when we read this story from the Bible, a story that everyone knows about the birth of Jesus, sometimes we forget how not normal the story is. How different the birth, the conception and birth of Jesus is. My goal tonight as we go through this scripture is to show us this. The birth of Jesus was like no other birth in the history of time, past, present, and future, and bears this much more significance than any other birth that history has seen. And there are three things that we see that are very different from a normal birthing story. And I want to just quickly run through these. I'm pretty sure most of us know the story. So I'm just going to quickly run through these three things that, that are very different Within the birth of Jesus and the birth of any other kid. Number one, the virgin birth. Luke 1.34. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Excellent question, Mary. Obviously learnt in her PD health class. You know, learnt that to have a baby... There are prerequisites, speaking in human terms, to have this baby. It doesn't matter how many times you read this passage, you've got to understand that the virgin birth is not normal. It's not. You've just got to stop, pause, and think to to really understand and comprehend how crazy it is, this idea that, a virgin is about to give birth to a baby. It goes against our 
humankind. It goes against the science that we know. It goes against everything that we know to be true. It's impossible. And yet, this is the story of Jesus. Of course, when I explain to my son where babies come from, I will not use this as the example because it will really confuse him, right? There is no baby that was born in the history of mankind whose mother was a virgin. It's different. It's different to what we know. The second difference we see from the birth, uh, the conception and birth of Jesus is that his birth is a prophesied birth, meaning it is a pre-told birth. Luke 1, 32 to 33. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. For those of us who have had a child, we have expectations for even those that are pregnant. Now, even as you think of your children, you have expectations. Even in Ness's letter, and I loved it, I have simple yet big dreams. Simple yet big dreams, right? We, we, we have these expectations, but, but they're normally very simple, humanistic, healthy expectations. You know, we all want them to grow up well, well-mannered. You know, maybe if you're a bit ambitious, selective school, <laughs> you know. Like, you know, we want them to, you know, have a good job. You know, some of us have little bit specific dreams, like Arun wants his son. As soon as he found out that he was having a son, signed him up for the cricket academy down in, you know, Canberra. Sinta, she shakes her head because she just can't believe that that's still happening. You know? Healthy, normal expectations. None of us who have had children would think to ourselves, hmm, I think my son can become the son of God. You know, none of us sat, there, sat around and went, you know what? There's so many wars in this world. My child, they're going to bring about world peace. Now, these are not normal, healthy expectations. These are crazy, crazy expectations. I want to share this story, and I've shared it a few times, but sometimes parents can be a little bit on the extreme side. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about my own mother. My mother, who loves me dearly, and I love her dearly, has sometimes maybe a little bit not as healthy as expectations as she has, uh, as other, other mums would have. My mum literally thinks, and this is like no joke, this is like, like ha, 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 ha. But my mum, we were sitting watching the TV when I was in year 12 or first year university, and the then Prime Minister, John Howard, came on TV. And my mum turns to me and taps me on the shoulder, and she goes, why don't you do that? I said, why don't I do what? And I thought, what? Get onto TV. And she goes, Prime Minister. I said, okay, mum, let me explain to you who I am. <laughs> you know, you know my, my mum does not have healthy, normal expectations. And we just laugh about that because it's, it's a bit whack, right? But, but no one, right? No sane parent is going to think, you know, my child is going to become the saviour of the world. 
not only expectations, but but th- there are these crazy claims and prophecies upon the birth of Jesus. There is something like over 300, 300 prophecies mentioned in the Old Testament, which is before the New Testament, which tells us the story of Jesus. But just over 300 prophecies about the coming and the birth of Jesus. Now, they calculated this in a statistical manner, and they said the odds of the birth of Jesus hitting every single one of these prophecies and being correct is one in infinity. It's uncalculable. It's ridiculous, right? Some of the big ones, and I want to share probably the big one, Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, as I said, that's just one of the 300 prophecies that were given hundreds, if not thousands of years before the birth of Jesus. I'm, sh- I'm telling you now, you were not prophesied. Your life, okay, was not prophesied. If we're honest, half of you were accidents. Let's just be honest. Okay, half of you were unplanned, okay? Joyfully sometimes, maybe not as joyfully sometimes, right? But no one here 100 years ago, right, your great-great-great-grandparents said, you know what, in 100 years' time, a son will be born, a daughter will be born, and they will go to North Sydney Boys High School. You know, no, no, one, no one had that kind of prophecy. And it just shows us once again the difference of the birth of Jesus compared to every other child in this world. So we've got a virgin birth that's different. We've got a prophesied birth that's different. And finally, we have a humble birth. In the next chapter, Luke chapter 2, 4 to 7 reads this. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Okay, so we all know this story, right? Away in a manger. Okay, this idea that when Mary gave birth to Jesus, uh, don't even think hospital, right? They just were looking for some kind of clean room shelter. But because at the time there was some kind of festival happening, there was no room. And so she, she gives birth and there's nowhere to place this baby. So they place the baby in a manger. And, and a manger is literally where the animals would eat out of. Okay. Now, this is a very cute picture, okay, of a baby in a box. 100% it wasn't like this, okay? Can you imagine turning up to hospital ready for your birth, uh, for the birth of your first child, and then they tell you, oh, we're so sorry, all of our rooms are full, but you can go into the car park, (laughs) you know? You know, like, we're, we're so sorry, we'd love to give you a bed, but it's all full, but you can go into, you know, one of the bathrooms. You know, like, 
it's unfathomable for us. We can't imagine. And if that ever happened, it would be all over the news. It's unacceptable to us in our society. If all the prophecies and expectations were true, and this was the birth of the future saviour of the world, would not there be so much more fanfare? Would there be not so much more pride in the birth of Jesus? And yet we see not a huge commotion, and we see baby Jesus laid in a manger. You know, sometimes with the, the nativity scene is, is the scene where Jesus is in the manger and we see all the animals around and they're all peering in. You know, you know that, that really cute scene where all the animals are like looking into their little food box and going, oh, that's so cute. There's a little baby in there. 100% it wasn't like that. They're like, can I eat it? You know, like it's in my food box, but it's crying. Can I eat it? You know, like it, it, it wasn't as polished as we understand the, the, the story of Jesus. They put him in a, a manger of straw and food for the animals. A new baby in our generation, a new baby is born. It's usually at least a sterile environment, a bed, some medical attention. When the baby is born, there's usually at least one Instagram post to let the world know, but not Jesus. Why is it so different? And more importantly, why is it so important that it was different? Because the humble birth of Jesus is a representation of the humility of God. That almighty God would come down would come down and be like one of us. This is a picture of humility. And the fact that the baby was put into what we would, we would call a very humble situation is a representation of what God did for us. When God came down to earth through his son Jesus, it was the most humbling thing that he could do. Virgin birth is different. A prophesied birth is different. And a humble birth is different. The way that the world sees birth, planned pregnancy between male and female, healthy expectation, making a big deal out of a little baby, that's the way that the world sees it. But as Christians, we celebrate the birth of Jesus because firstly, it was an impossible birth. It was an impossible birth that came to do the impossible mission, which was to seek and save the lost. To seek and save the lost from their sins and to reconcile man back to God. To take us back to where we were meant to be with God. You know, this year as we celebrate Christmas, I really do hope that you celebrate it. As Christians, we should celebrate Christmas like we should be celebrating it better than the world celebrates it because it's our holiday. It's our celebration. As we celebrate Christmas this year and as you see baby Jesus on your Christmas cards and in the shopping centers, let's not simplify 
what the birth of Jesus was about. But let's remember that his birth was like no other because his life would be like no other. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 reads this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice, righteousness from that time on and forever. The miraculous birth of Jesus is more than just a baby in a manger. It is the birth of our Savior, Lord and King. Let's pray.